welcome to another episode of the Overcomers Club, where it's a show all about how me and my wonderful mom, we come to you live with our testimonies and things that we've been able to overcome through the power of Christ. Lord, I just, I just, I'm so excited about this topic of overcoming dysfunctional family, because we are full-blown into the end of the year holiday season where a lot of family traditionally get together and I just wanted to be able to um, welcome to the stage my mom Kathy R. Peters welcome mom good evening Maya how are you I'm doing great I'm excited to be able to talk about this it's it's funny you know we always mom I don't I, I don't know what particular guy what particularly God has for us to do, like what this is gonna become. But I, I'm like always surprised that he's allowing us to really talk about some like untalked about topics. Like we constantly talk about things that I'm like, wait a minute, I've never had a conversation with about these things, but yet it, it's like we're on a roll, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully so. We, we give God all the glory and honor and just, um, and thankful that you and I are at a place in our own lives where we can just be so transparent and honest and lay the cards on the table, so to speak. Yes. Um, just very grateful that we're that we are where we are and able to do this. Oh yeah, for sure. That's how I feel. I, I feel like it's definitely a, a privilege. Um, I'm just always feeling excited to be able to just just like share with people um what god is doing like the things we've been able to really come through about and this topic is one i'm i'm ready to lift look lift the curtain about and hopefully be able to help some people with and so i know that in this format um typically the way we we do this um to our podcast show is that me and my mom will talk but we are always open to invite guests so if you're a guest if you're somebody that wants to talk about this just let us know get into the queue we'd love to Please bring you up do. You can, yes yeah you can ask me you can ask my mom a question but um you know this is a place where we do we are about truly sharing our stories being transparent open about the things we've gone through in hopes that it will be a blessing to other people. And so, um, talking about the idea of overcoming dysfunctional family relationships. And <laughs> this is a topic that I put in the hat to draw to talk about because I, myself, I believe that this is something a lot of people deal with, but not that many people talk about. Like, what do you think, Mom? Well, I definitely think a lot of people resonate with the word dysfunctional unfortunately but um, hoping that the other part of this the overcoming part is what we really hope we can bring is um, to some degree I guess one could say there's dysfunctional in every family to some degree because you know we're all born in sin and shape and iniquity right so there's no such thing as a perfect family uh yet and still i do believe that there are some circumstances where the dysfunctionality is on a 
on a whole nother level, so to speak. And so, okay. and so, um, being able to recognize it in your own individual family, and then being able to come to terms with it, because you know that's one of those things you don't really get to choose, do you? <laughs> it's your family. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I should get into some of that because I talked to a friend about that. I so well, yes and no, huh? Yeah, I think it's a yes. I think it's a no. Kind of yeah. depending on perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that. And just to preface it, like what what we aim to do here is is not about bashing anything, but or anyone, but it's definitely about telling the stories of what things that we've really been through. So sometimes, like it's not going to be pretty, and it, it's really more to paint a picture because again, these are things we've overcome. Um, I'm thankful that the topics that we do talk about it comes from a place of of learning and. There, it's not bitterness, it's not resentment, uh, because we try to operate in healing, um, yes, operate that. from a healed, whole place. And so, right, right. That, just to like preface that, um, like for me, and when we talk about this idea of overcoming dysfunctional family relationships, I mean, it's like the first dysfunctional um, relationship I had with my family was with my own dad. So, when we understand this idea of dysfunction, I think it's it's something that we should definitely kind of break up the sides. It's not the exact same as being difficult. So, you might have a, a slightly strange, you know, you might have a strained relationship with someone. When we think about the idea of dysfunction, dysfunction means like it's operating out of order. So... Um, let's think of it like that like being in a family where things are always out of order the way like interactions and dynamics are in the relationships they are out of order so that is where I'm coming from with the idea of dysfunction so that could look like um, a child who feels as if they must be the parent to a parent um, in a relationship that's dysfunction you know it's out of order that can look like um, like for instance a mother not being um, like having to take on the role of both parents that's dysfunction in a certain way but what ends up happening is a lot of these dysfunction because they don't ever get fixed they end up definitely into full blown toxicity um and so that's really what i'm talking about here so we know that every family is not perfect no family is perfect no family has every single family member where every single family gets along no but there are those like family relationships that are so out of whack that they can become a toxic place or a hurtful place and it can become it can start making a person um, really go into a negative pattern and really start going to like a negative down a negative pathway I should say yes I, I definitely like the way you describe that Maya as far as out of order out yeah. of order 
um, and really the order of how a family is to operate was given to us by God in the beginning. Exactly. And so I love the way that you talked about it being out of order just to give a frame of reference. And then even if you take the word dysfunction, the word itself by definition means abnormality or impairment in the function of a specified uh, system. We're going to use that for the context of family. So what you said about being Mm -hmm. out of order is perfect. It's really head on because you're talking about something that is abnormal or an impairment in the function. Because as each of us in a family operate, we have different functions. Father has a function. Mother has a function. And so what you said a moment ago about the children, um, being expected to take on the function of a parent is an impairment to that family system. Right. And that was just right. And that was just like one example. One example. And, I, Good. and you know, I think what what it is is like and, and I've been running into this very very often. That's why I felt the need to talk about this. There's a lot of people that have had to make come to that that fork in the road like, hey, I cannot have relationships with some of my family members like they have literally had to cut off family and they had to do certain things because it was just so much pattern of dysfunction and when we look at that it's really just of course things are it's become so normal because we live in a fallen world um the world is going further and further away from christ and it's a shame um but this is what we're seeing the effect of. I mean, my generation is probably like the biggest generation in history without having any fathers in the home. Um, and that's very odd in terms of history. Like that's definitely dysfunctional. Like that's not normal, like in any type of like family dynamic for it to be a one parent type household and my generation right and so it's become normal and it's one, when this month this this function it breathes dysfunction correct so even things a lot of that had to do with how the past generation was raised and then the generation before that so it's just a trickle down effect i see but you know it all stems back honestly from sin we know that but being able to actually um, having to make individual choices that move you into how, how you navigate those things it really takes you have to really um, aim to for me I think it's important to aim to get some understanding and to get some peace of mind of, of when you make certain decisions well you said um, Aya, about the first uh, dysfunctional family relationship was with your father could you elaborate a little bit more on that for those that are listening and give a little bit more clarity on why you see it and saw it as dysfunctional yeah absolutely i mean me looking back now i know now that the family like the dynamic i had with my dad was dysfunctional i didn't know it at the time because i was in it but understanding that any type of abuse in a family that's dysfunctional because again abuse is all about the mis 
like not only are you misusing a person you've taken it towards a, a place that is now harmful to that person and their well-being their mind well emotions and things like that and so looking at like my dad i think the first time that i realized things were off um like with our relationship like really the first thing is when knowing that this feeling that oh my dad is not somebody that protects my my um emotional like side of myself he's not someone that protects me because he was someone that constantly hurt me and so that right there was the start like wait a minute i can't trust my dad to protect me and men by by definition like by their creation design, they are the guard, the gatekeepers, the protectors of their home. That's how God, um, that's how he envisioned a man, like he gave him dominion, um, and both the man and a woman, but in terms of a family dynamic, that man was to lead his family, protect his family, um, lead his family closer to God, um, to, live out the tenets of God to in hopes to be able to be a blessing to him and his family because the man a lot of times plays such a big role um, in family because that's where God that's what God's first creation was in terms of like humans here was man and so he was bestowed upon him natural blessings and when this man now attacks his own seed that goes against nature like that's dysfunctional like it we see it in nature in small things like where they challenge and they're trying to grow the child but this is not create this is not a constructive criticism no right it, it was definitely towards just damaging the child and it wasn't necessarily anything you could pull from that that would have been that would have been good so that was when i first realized um right when i was 12 where i was like wait a minute my dad is not uh he's not behaving in a dad type role you know he's not a he's not protecting me so when i realized that i said okay this is this is off um then I think what happened, it started for me a journey of trying to figure out why. Like, okay, why is he like this? And then that started me looking at his family, um, like his immediate family, my my aunts, my um, grandparents, and anybody else he grew up like, okay, why would he be this type of person? well and so then it just became like a a domino effect like oh okay it's not just him right <laughs> it, it he was bred in that environment and but it was became it was like a normal pattern throughout the family so um i think what's what the main thing though is that it, it is it can be very hard because we're taught in society, you know, blood over everything. Right. 
your family over everything. Family first. This over that. But I'm seeing even with my generation and even your generation, mom, a lot of us have just started to draw the line of saying like there has to be more to that than just blood. It has to be more than just we're blood on paper. It has to be more. Yes, and I um, I think it's so important that we're talking about this, even taking your example with, with the father. Um, I wanted to give a scriptural example of what you described on, again, why that is so dysfunctional because um, the word tells us Colossians 3 and 21 fathers provoke not your children to anger at least they be discouraged and when we look at um, symptoms of a dysfunctional family um, one of the common symptoms is anger anger that's either expressed or repressed and so when you're talking about a father daughter or father son for that matter dynamic and the father um, express a lot of anger um, either directly at the child or around the child Um, that can provoke that child yep and so um, recognizing as you said looking back um, I can remember so often not understanding being from the aspect as from the wife I didn't understand the anger um, that was the clearest sign to me earlier on um, how much dysfunctionality we were living in and like you um, it did not take long to find out okay that's something that he learned that's something that exactly was so easily expressed among him and his family members where arguments and you know, huge blowouts was just the norm when they got together. It was not yep. anything unusual for a, a family get together or a dinner to turn into a huge argument. And and they had done it for so long until I doubt they even realized how dysfunctional it appeared to be to people outside of that dynamic. Exactly. And and you know what? That's why I was like this like dysfunction breeds dysfunction. Yes. Like yes. it's it's a thing. I think what happened with me on after I came out of my season of depression, I had started living for Jesus and gave my life to Christ. I remember this very distinctive moment where me I felt like one of my purpose of life was to only help people and to not um, allow anything that I'm going through to hurt or affect anybody else. Like, so I, it was so important for me because I was like, I cannot go backwards from where I was when I was in such a depressive state that I was like, that I was going to get to the point that I wanted to lash out at other people. So it made me really come to a place of constantly self-analyzing myself like like just self-analyzation like okay 
what is wrong with you? Like, you got to deal with yourself and you got to really make sure you don't hurt other people. Because I saw that was one of the main things. And I used to do it with myself so much that I didn't pay attention to other people that weren't doing it. I just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And it just has always been come my way of life. Um, because I really was so, it was just so important. Like, man, okay, if I'm going through something, I can't allow this to be an issue while I lash out on someone else. And, but when I started growing up, like seeing, wait a minute. And I, and honestly, I have to take it back because I have to take it back because honestly, the first, when I'm now bringing back memories and different feelings I had, I remember when I was real young, uh, I guess the seed of some type of dysfunction was planted because when I was really young, I remember, um, like you said, this idea of just always of being angry but always, always expressing your anger in the worst way. It was right. never, let's talk about, right. oh, I'm angry. It was just like a free fall, I'm angry, and expressing it in just terrible ways, like that were always, you know, always gonna hurt someone. And so when I was really little, I had to be like six. Like I remember I was real, I was really young, maybe five or six. And we had dad had got in some type of you and dad had got in some type of argument. I remember as a child wishing I could I could physically even hurt my dad to protect you. And it was I remember this thought. That's what I said. It always happens. I just remember I was really young, but I just remember like man, I was like, why is he always yelling? Like why is he always like? It, why can't he just be? He chills like something about an outfit I had um, you bought for me, and I just I say every time we do this podcast, I'm always like, man, I'm, it's like the depths of my memory gets unlocked. But I remember you bought some outfit for me, and I thought it was really cute, and it was cute, and but he hated it, and he was saying something about something, and he was just. She was just going off. And I just remember just the feeling that you weren't at peace and nobody's at peace. And he was just like yelling. And it was just a long drawn out thing. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I wish I could just do something to make him stop. And I remember this when I was really young. I don't know why. That's why I was like, man, I'm bringing it back. But I remember now, I'm like, wait a minute. That in itself right there is dysfunction because, again, this idea of the child having to want to protect their parent is, like, completely out of order. Like, what can a kid do? Like, what what can right. a five, six-year-old really do um, in situations where their parent is being threatened or or being um, harassed? Like, how? what can you really do? And so... It's situations like those that have made, push me as an adult to where I had to make choices that as I grew up, without me knowing, I, I started to choose. It was always more about choosing peace. And it wasn't about, like every time it happened, um, I guess as I've gotten, I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned like, okay, I cannot sit here and 
just allow myself to keep being bullied by my family. Like, I just had, it just became a, always a choice of peace and not any malicious attempt, like, of trying to get back at somebody like, oh, let me just block them. And No, I just always, it became a constant, like a war of, of peace. Like, it was a war over my peace. Yes. Um, because... Constantly. Yes. And at a certain point if you're blessed to make it to that point mm. you, you do look for okay what do I need to do to have peace and what is it going to take for me to maintain that peace and, yep. and sometimes it does involve um, a sort of disconnection from other people within the family dynamic because some individuals within the family do not operate in any type of peace. Yep. And so you have it in our family dynamic, in particular, we're talking about your, your father. And so it was just the way that he was unable to deal with his own anger, his own family history, his his own things that had happened prior to me coming to his life and us having you and your sisters. Um, it just was like you said, it was like a domino effect. And when you get to the place where you're able to see and that's the number one reason why we're talking about it because so often people in these situations as you said earlier begin to think that it's normal and a lot of what happens is you don't even look for any other way to operate because that's just the way your family is and you'll hear family members talk about that you know well, that's just the way our family is that's the way you know they're used Ooh. to you know us whales you know we're known to be like this and and we almost applauded and saluted and we yep. safeguarded instead of digging down and trying to get to the root of why do we operate like this why do we right, right. scream and yell no, we actually almost wear it as a badge of honor. You know, nobody knows, yep. everybody knows they better not mess with our family. We don't take no mess. And all those type of things um, that really you're basically saying, I know that we act out of control, but that's just what we're going to continue to do because that's what we've always done. Yep, exactly. And then it, <laughs> that's why I think it, it's just different because like what happens a lot of times too and I have I have I have friends like I have a friend right now I am 90% 99% sure the issues the, the thing they're dealing with is because society teaches us loyalty family bloodlines over everything when it should be teaching us peace and God over everything because, Correct. because look, family is just who you, and, and this is really my big thing. Like, of course, 
if we want to we believe that it, it internally is natural for family members to have loyalty for other family members however I think there should be some type of line drawn when that starts to become um, dangerous Correct. to your own well-being and that's what happened with me um when I moved out at age 18, I had just got out of the military, got out of basic training, came home for like six months, was gonna go to college. And we were, I, had, I remember I just came back and I was going, getting ready to go to, I was getting ready to go to college. I was fully at peace with staying at the house, staying with my family. And then we had what I call the the family vacation from hell. <laughs> oh yeah, boy, where things like I, I don't know. Some of y'all might see that movie, The Johnson's Family Vacation, baby. It was not this. <laughs> this was the I don't know who family this was. I couldn't even believe this was my family, but it was so thrown off and dysfunctional that I honestly feel like dang it was, it's almost worth our song episode but really just to give some kind of background this this was a place like where I, you know families when you're inside your house the house is a sacred place a lot of things happen behind closed doors that, that the public eye doesn't necessarily see correct this, this family air quote vacation um, <laughs> was so uh, got so out of whack that my dad started to act in ways that he never I'd never seen him act um, where he literally and all the things that we had seen behind closed doors no that was full blown out for the public other family members strangers to see and it was just so it was like really the first time that I was like wait a minute this is so out of control like as if it wasn't out of control already that it was happening behind closed doors but for the fact that it couldn't even be hidden anymore and we was having it was like a full blown um just argument and just complete it just felt like chaos in the public eye i remember this feeling of Man, after this, I got, I got to, I got to just, I got to go away. I remember I was like, I got to get some peace because what ended up happening in that situation was I confronted my dad for the first time as an adult, but full on. Um, and it wasn't disrespectful. I've never disrespectful. I've never been that type of person. I've never disrespectful. I've never operated like to be disrespectful. But it was literally just calling people out for the things that they did. And as an adult, for my dad, the way he behaved in that situation, for him to then go back and still try to find some type of like rhyme or reason to why he did it or that made sense or that I was wrong, it just quickly became uh, environment where I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to have any peace. So that means I have to leave. And I remember um, my dad was the type of person, I, I don't know how his mind worked, 
but <laughs> he would literally bring up something that had happened two or three weeks ago back it in, back into a full-blown discussion argument um and i mean we had already talked about it it was it was already done but he was that type of person but when i started seeing okay i had just got basic training the most stressful event i've ever that uh, anybody that's been in the military shout out to my my battle buddies out there because let me tell you y'all know being in the military is stressful it's the like i think the second most stressful career path i'm talking about they said that's the most stressful career it don't matter what type of um <laughs> what type of activity you are in the military is the most the second most stressful and they're talking about up there with doctors and lawyers and so it was just a stress i had already come out of six months of being in just stress because i had to be broken and built back up in the military system and so when i came home home to me was supposed to be a place of peace like i crave peace i just want to go to sleep i just want to eat i just want to laugh i just want to relax i'm not trying to be at war at my house <laughs> and i think that's what happened was when i came home and then i started realizing wait a minute i'm feeling stressed out here too i was like i can't do it i can't do it because i had already been and then it just put a big old flashlight. It's like a big light bulb moment. Like, wait a minute, this is where I've been growing up. It's always been like this. But right. I had to do something different now because I just valued, I just knew that it had to do something different for myself. And that was when I had to make the choice. And I was just choosing peace. Every time I was just choosing peace. So I just was like, I'm going to move out. Not even fully understanding that I was in it, like indirectly trying to cut, like cutting off my parent, like cutting off my dad. I didn't actively think, let me just stop talking to my dad. It was a natural progression because I guess my mind already associated um, not having peace with with talking with him. Well, it 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 had a lot to do with what you just said a moment ago, and. When you when you have a what you reference, you had a discussion about what you believed about his behavior during that infamous vacation. But you and him had your own discussion about that, and for you, that was where you thought it was going to end. Once we returned home, because as you just expressed. For a week or two, nothing was really said about that. And as you were <laughs> going through um, that occurrence, I want to highlight how that occurrence is a perfect example, not the only one, but the perfect example of dysfunctionality because there are Ooh. five symptoms. There are five symptoms of a dysfunctional family. So one is estrangement, which you just talked about. Okay, um, I feel like I need to avoid being in this particular family dynamic at this time in order to have peace. That was because you were in a dysfunctional family. Another one is anger. We just referenced that. And the reason why I believe it ended up so public on that particular 
occasion is because of the other three. And the other three is a lack of trust, seen in faulty patterns of communication. So it's one of those things that either is going to get better or it's going to get worse. And so oh, yeah. the, the arguments, um, the inability for he and I to communicate effectively led to the next one, which is deception, the inability to speak the truth to other family members. And so the deception about this is what I feel, this is what I think. And again, when, when we're talking about a family, we recognize that anger is a normal emotion and even the Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. Right. But we're looking at a pattern of anger in the way anger is expressed. Man. Anger, anger itself is not a sin, but how you express anger can very much be if you are especially from a parent that is abusive to a child in an angry overly angry format that is no nothing other than verbal abuse exactly the same thing that i experience as the wife when a when a husband chooses to lash out continually and be very harsh with words and critical and name calling and of course it can work both ways wives can do that to their husbands as well so when that is going on then you're looking at a lot of dysfunctionality when you yep. have uh, unhealthy secrecy the refusal to face the truth and I would I when I was looking at the symptoms of dysfunctional families and I saw the refusal to face the truth it was like your dad's picture was right beside that because I was about to say, wow, that that hit me because yes. that's what it was. Healthy secrecy because I that's the whole thing is there was times when he would sit down with me and you and your sisters and talk about his problem with anger. Remember, yeah. he would sit down and say, I, I I'm I'm just so angry. I don't know why I'm always so angry. I need to figure right. out why I'm so angry. And so he knew, he had an awareness about the anger, but he did not have or did not choose whichever you preferred to go with. I, I'm going to say choose, but go ahead. I, I'm going with you too. Um, he did not choose to develop healthier ways in which to deal with the anger, which I had to learn after many, many years really had nothing to do with me. It was, it was it was anger that he had deep inside of him from things that happened way before I came into the picture. Right. And so, you know, so you're talking about dysfunctionality and you're talking about family dynamics. Um, just the idea of if you're able to have effective communication, if you're able to sit down and have a discussion, it doesn't mean that you have to always agree. It doesn't mean that everything that the person may tell you about what they see in your character is something that you may want to hear. But what it means is in order to be functional, you should be able to have those conversations and be able to listen to one another. And there should just be a, a mutual respect for one another. 
disrespect out of the fact of you're my daughter, you're my father, you're my son, you're my mother, you know, just out of the respect that this is the role of this person in my life, I'm going to respect them enough to listen to them and value them. And when that doesn't happen, and when you have one or two other parties in the family who are very much about how they view the world and it is their way or no way, um, that is going to create a lot of dysfunctionality for all the other members of the family and especially uh, with children. Because as you stated earlier, what power does a child really have? You, you know, exactly. said five or six, but you're even looking at, you know, 10 or 11. What power does a child have? Mm-hmm. And, and so there's so many you know, children who grow up in dysfunctionality and many of them don't realize it <laughs> because that's all they know. But yep. at the same time, um, there's something in a child that that deep down says something about this just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I promise. That's what, you know, I, I had a conversation with my, one of my best friends and we were talking about, you know, inside of us, even though we don't see it, I think that's just something about how God plants him exactly. himself inside exactly. of us. Exactly. We all in us, even if we don't have this, right, we can outline and we know when something is right or when it's wrong. So I might not have had the best, like I didn't have the best father figure hands down, but I'm like, I always knew what that what that picture looked like, even though I didn't have it. So I imagined, okay, this is what that would be. Just on basic, like I said, just even on the principle of just protection, right? Protect right. somebody, like a, like a parent protecting their child and not hurting them. And so when we start, that's why it's so important that you do, you practice doing your own work. I know that for me, like me growing up and what happened with me, is that I started to really, um, because I saw that pattern in my family, I was running away from as much of that part of my family that I could because I did not want to become that. And as we already talked about this in some of my other episodes, so you can go back and check out like even the, um, the idea of like holidays, like where my dad, his side of the family was very dysfunctional to the point that anytime somebody talked, there was no validating each other's emotions. It was all about who had this point of view and whose perspective was going to, what perspective mattered. And it was no true love and that, like I said, true love and validating anybody else's experiences. So it was always about one or two people's experiences and that was it. Everybody else's experience had to line up with theirs and if it didn't, then, hey, that goes in the trash. Like, no. So what'll happen is a lot of times when that type of things happen, where a group of people went through a very traumatic experience and only one or two people's perspective gets validated Trust me, that's dysfunction. There's no love there. And that, all that does is breed more and more issues because people at the base of what they need to be able to do, 
they need to be loved, seen, and heard. Shout out to my friend Lisa DeMoss, that's her podcast. But for sure, they need to be loved, seen, and we all have this innate feeling to want to be loved, seen, and heard. And so when a third of that, like you're not being heard by your family, people, they don't validate your experience. They even tell you what you experienced was wrong. Um, constantly being gaslighted or being told that you didn't experience something that was traumatic to you. It's, it, it just creates an environment where you can't fully um, exist, I would say. And so I, it's almost like the analogy like this. Imagine, right, like an experience like 9-11 and God help all the, all the victims and survivors but imagine all the survivors of 9-11 and we only gave a voice to like two or three of them and said everybody else that experienced everything else, they're just wrong. Like, it doesn't make sense. But that's that's what ends up happening. That's what happened in our family a lot. And that was just so dysfunctional because it was just showing no type of love there. Even to the point of criminal criminalizing someone when they had a different experience that other family members didn't know about. And that happens a lot. And so what happens because people don't feel like they're gonna get heard or that they're gonna be validated is that it breeds a lot of secrecy, distrust. People start operating in deception because right. now they gotta be someone they're not. And of right. course the people are gonna be angry, but all of that is dysfunctional. And so me, without me knowing, uh, a dust particle of what I know now I just was about okay this is this is starting to get I was like okay I just see down the road that that family vacation from hell event after he brought it up after two weeks I was like oh this is about to be an issue for a while I can feel it I ain't got time for it I was like I don't have the, I don't have the energy I don't have the strength to deal with that I don't have the I'm not trying to argue I don't want to do any of that so I just was like, well, let me just remove myself and then everybody will be happy. And that's what I did. I remember I moved out at 18. I didn't have no help. I just had my money. I made it military. Uh, my dad, y'all did help me move in. But after that, I remember um, there was definitely this shift in um, the relationship in the family and I and I know that it, it was like one of those moments where I choose I 100% chose myself and that was like so different for me because I'm always someone that made tried to make decisions for my family but I just chose me that time because I, was like, I can't do it I was already, and I felt like well look I had already been gone six months man what's a, what what is it for me I'm an adult now let me just go ahead and move out it's not like I'm not gonna come see the family, but I was like, I had to make a choice for me. And without me knowing, that was just kind of like the first, like, as I said, me first getting into the point of, like you said, um, disassociating myself from um, quote unquote family. And, and I feel like we gotta, I, we really need to kind of like outline this definition of family. Because family, by definition, a group of one or more parents and their children living together as a unit. And just on this idea of being a unit alone made me feel like that's where 
I'm at this, like, wait a minute, then who is my family? Like, (laughs) because if we are supposed to be moving as a unit, that means obviously by definition, we can't be acting and fighting against each other. Right. And so for me, I started as a as an adult, a young adult. Um, I'm still young, but like really first year being an adult, like already trying to re- really redefining the idea of what family is because in my soul, I was like, I don't feel that this is this is not positive. This isn't nurturing. This isn't developing me to where I was. Um, oddly enough, that's why I say being in the military taught me a lot because. I went through an experience where anybody's been through basic training. The experience is that you get broken down to be built back up. My pattern of being in, like my dad, and honestly being on being around his side of the family, it was just a, a pattern of being broken down, no building up. And That's it, powerful. it, <laughs> it, it was. It was just always being broken down. Very good analogy. And, and not being built back up. And so when they say this idea, you know, you don't choose your family, to a certain extent, I have to disagree because I myself have, have, as an adult, started to really um, categorize who I claim as family. Like, there's people that are relatives to me, definitely by blood, but if they're not moving together with me, and I'm not moving together with them as a unit that I, it's hard for me to even consider them family in my mind. And that, and to some people, hey, that might sound harsh, but it's real talk. Like I have other, I've met so many other people that they've done the same thing because it's just becoming, I think the more the world falls into, to chaos, it's becoming like people are starting to make more and more choices about their own personal self-preservation. Right. Like, the world hard enough as it is when you go outside your house. If you can't have peace inside your house, correct, it's a whole problem. And that's what hit me. I was like, wait a minute. I'm going... I was out in the military. I was stressed out at boot camp. And I'm feeling the same amount of stress being at my house. I said, oh, no. I said, you know what? Let me get in this small college dorm room. I don't even need it. Like, military, look, I can sleep anywhere. That's what I was just like. Let me get whatever I need to do. Do what I need to do to get me a space of peace. That's literally all I was looking for. And guys, y'all should have seen my dorm room. It was so little. Man, you couldn't fit. <laughs> it was. That thing was so little. I was it, sure was. it wasn't probably big as a closet. But I was so happy. I was like to this day. I mean, that was like one of my favorite livings. I was so happy because in the, like when I was in boot camp, I was bunking with grown like 30, 40 other grown women. So I had I had found that you can you can get your own space. It ain't gotta be that big. So I'm happy I learned to be happy with very very small content. So that, when I was like, wait a minute, I get my own room? No bunking? Man, I, I mean, that room, probably for real, it literally could only fit 
a TV, a bed, and a trunk. That was it. Man, that's all I needed. I was rocking it. <laughs> had me a, a closet. We shared a bathroom. It was like four people could live in there. I was so happy. But it was just this for me, it was always about getting peace. So anytime after that, what ended up happening was that pattern kept repeating itself. Um, it happened with my dad's mom, uh, my, my granny. It got to the point with her. And that's why I said, I, I realized that this was a, definitely a family thing because my dad got a lot of that from her. She was somebody, she's somebody that really, she has a hard time um, really validating other people because it seems as though a lot of the only thing that matters is what she went through and that it automatically put her of her above other people in her mind where it made her very insensitive to other people so she just became where it was her being a victim that it became her being somewhat of an abuser she became a person that it was very much it's very much about her so it's her way or the highway right and it's unfortunate because for me I never had a close relationship with any of my grandparents but like a really close relationship no not with any of them but it just became more and more important for me that I did not want to fall into that family dynamic. I just couldn't do it. And again, it's the idea of dysfunction. Like for me, I saw a pattern in our family was that a lot of adults were looking to be validated by children. Um, a lot of adults were looking for children to play up, like play into their confidence or play into whatever. And I feel like that's so dysfunctional because it should, be the totally, it should be totally the opposite. You know, why looking, it says even the Bible that the older, the older woman would teach the younger woman, the older women or like and vice versa, like for men. And so when you have the generation before you looking to you to get something from you, it's like what then what's happening right now? Like <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking for my older ancestors, my, the older members of my family to pour into me, not vice versa. Because I don't have much to give. And well, just, again, think, what yeah. can a child really do? But when it became where I where it was always about, oh, it it's it's you need to Validate this negative pattern of behavior. I can't do it. Couldn't do it. Well, I I think definitely all of that came to head when your father passed in 2016, and it's one of those things where whatever the relationship was prior to was going to be what it was at that point. Yes. So, there wasn't a lot of closeness there. Um, we went years and years and years where he even wondered why his mother, your granny, did not 
choose to visit our family that much, that often. She hardly ever came over unless other family members came over. Um, and that was something he always questioned. But that's the way the dynamic of the family was. My, my theory has a lot to do with what you just said. I think for her, it was about being in the place where she called all the shots, so to speak. Yep. So, control. So, control. That's the name of the game. Control. And so she knew when she came over to our home, um, she wasn't going to be able to control that environment. So she wasn't exactly. necessarily too she wasn't necessarily too prone to come visit because that wasn't where she could rule and reign and, you know, levy out whatever she decided was her judgment for that day. And that's, and that's the truth. And that's the dynamic. And she kept them. And I watched I watched this so, so many years that she kept a lot of her reign because she kept your father and his sisters at war with each other. It was very, very common for her to call one of the children and say something about the other one. So she would call your father and say something about one of his sisters, or she would call the sister and say something about the other sister. And in every scenario, she was never the person that did anything wrong. It was always what the daughter had said to her and what he, your father had said to her and then the sisters would go against each other or they would call and be mad at your dad and it just went around and around and around for years and she would just sit back and just enjoy the chaos from what I observed she she liked the, the drama she liked the attention of what she saw whatever which one of the children it was at that particular time, she enjoyed, I believe, them going to bat for her and taking up for her. So, Look, again, said, yeah, like you said, this idea that, you know, I want my children to go to bat for me. I want, I need someone. And, and that's because, like you said, whatever else she's had experienced, but it's not really supposed to be the children's role to validate the parent it's or not. to take up for the parent or to go to bat for the parent. That's why it's dysfunction because the roles are reversed. And so then that child is left starved from what they need from that parent. And then when the parent does decide to do it, it's very manipulative in nature. It's very conditional. It's very much about as long as you do this, 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 and this, and this, then I may give you some acknowledgement or some approval but as you said that is not actually how love operates exactly see come on and and, and it's dismantling these bad patterns for me because I have a friend I have another friend I have two and and I think that's why I said we're all like the same age it's becoming more and more because we're seeing like wait a minute like we can't do this stuff anymore like a lot of things what was happening and y'all can really a lot of people and i'm saying this too guys it says even it says even god's word there was a moment where jesus was asked it was in it's in matthew chapter 12 
46 through 50. I'm gonna read it. And it says that while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him and told him, who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Now, given context, Jesus and his mother were definitely, for what they even showed in scripture, were definitely in good relationship. But it was a point he was making is that we can't get so tied up in this bloodline. Again, it's who's in unit and in, in agreement with you. So Jesus was all about who is in agreement with me and my father? Who is in agreement? Who is moving as a unit with me and my father? That's my real family. And I had to come to that same terms. And I know a lot of other people that have too. With with my granny and a lot of that side and my dad's side of family, it was all about being on their playing field. And their playing field was, man, if we had a referee, it would have been a lot of technical fouls and a lot of flags being thrown <laughs> because it was like, wait a minute, it's not this one being like, this isn't fair, things like this isn't happening. And so that was what was going on. You got to pay attention. And, and that's why I'm always about, if you've noticed, there's a theme that I think God has just kept pulling. I keep, it keeps coming up every week, but it really is a getting to a place where you're choosing choosing peace and that's choosing Christ yes. it's choosing peace yes. choosing peace like me I didn't ever it wasn't until after my dad passed that I got to the point where I flat out said I got to block my family some of my family members but before then it was a constant journey of me just trying to enter into peace I just needed peace I needed a place because peace it breathes an environment of healthy growth, positivity, of success. Like being in an environment where you're always at war, you're going to bat, you're going to battle, where you're always arguing, where you're always angry, where you're always being accused of something, where you're always being um, showing a bad pattern of love, where you're not being loved, seen, and heard. None of that is conducive to a healthy growth in your life. Like none of that is gonna take you to the next level. All that's gonna do is hold you back set you back, make you go backwards, keep you stagnant. And that's nothing, nothing, all that brings is a cursed life. Like, trust me, been there. And for me, that's how I said, a lot of people in our generation, we've just come to a place where, man, I mean, it's very common for a lot of us that we just don't even talk to our families and it's unfortunate. But the people that I know that we've gotten to that point, they're, they're in real peace, like they're happy, they're thriving. They're doing what they got to do. And I dare say, hey, you can choose your family. You can't choose who you consider family. You can't change who by blood right. was is related to you, but you can't choose who you who you see as family. Yes. Because it's, it's super important. I think we all need a support system. I'm blessed to have my mom. She's a huge part of my support system. I'm blessed to have my stepdad. My sisters, my so these are real, these are blood relatives, but I also have some really good friends. 
some really good friends I can call and I'm thankful that I have God has given me at least two or three that I can even call friends because they're going to be there for me and they'll pray for me and they'll give me the right things to do and I consider them even family because because something we're moving in the same direction we're moving as a unit but some of y'all I'm gonna tell y'all right now it's gonna sound bad some of y'all really do need to cut off some of these family members I don't know how else to say it it, it just needs to happen some people some family and, and it's a really a choice it's really a choice I know somebody right now and I pray that they're they're okay. But I know somebody right now, they made the choice to choose their family over peace. Now I'm gonna tell y'all, I am somebody, I'm very, I ride hard for my family. I remember my choice of going to college, I had the choice to go out of the city and go to college. I chose to stay um, in college. I mean, I chose to go to college in my city just to be close to my family because I wanted to be a support system, be there for my family. But in the same token, I had to come to terms with, man, I can't help anybody if I'm over here hurting all the time, if I'm constantly feeling low, if I'm constantly um, being manipulated and used right. and, and controlled, if I can't even be respected. And a lot of that's keeping people stagnant. Why is keeping some of y'all stagnant? I believe in restoration of relationships. God can do all things, but it takes two people to want to do it. Like there's some relationships that I constantly kept the door open to be fixed. But when I came to terms with, wait a minute, Kamaya, you're the only one that's putting forth this effort. You're the only one showing up to the game. You're the only one like trying to make things happen. It came to, I come to realize, like, there was not going to be any type of uh, restoration in that relationship, any reconciliation, because it takes both parties. And so sometimes doing what you do, like, honestly, it can be helpful. It'll be a wake up call. Like, I know that when I moved out, it was a wake up call to my dad. It was. It definitely was. It was a wake-up call. I didn't even, but I didn't do it on purpose. That's the funny thing. I didn't do it to try to hurt him, but it just turned out, I realized, wait a minute, he misses me. This is a wake-up call. And when I came back around, uh, when I end up coming back home, we want totally different terms. He didn't even, like, we were on totally different terms. And I could tell in his soul, he was happy to come that but it was it had taught him a lesson like okay if Kamai is gonna be here I know that I can't do certain things to a certain extent like now some people they really are stuck in their ways they'll do it for a season and then they'll come back and try to play that again and that's when you gotta be serious like a lot of it is it has to do with having self respect and demanding teaching people how to treat you yes it does like and that I, happens that, that that happens in families and and sometimes we feel that we don't get to make that choice because it is a family member and that's why we're doing this yeah. particular talk tonight because you can make a choice about choosing to have peace 
as opposed to not having peace. And this has nothing to do with yeah. not loving a family member. There's like said, there's it, so many different things that are taught to us uh, with regard to, you know, like you said, you stick with your family no matter what. And, and sometimes that's not always the best thing to tell someone because that no matter what could actually cause you your life. So um, it's not about whether you love someone or not. And when you have someone within a family dynamic that is very used to getting their way or they're very, very manipulative in nature, they know how to pull on those compassion strings and try to levy guilt to those who are somewhat maybe trying to pull away a little bit because have a oh, right yeah. to have a voice. Oh, right. yeah. You have a right to have a voice. And that's how you that's kind of to me the litmus test of where the family member, whoever it might be, how they view you. And that is if you express to the family member, okay, well when you do this or when you say this, this is how it makes me feel. And if that is not yep. respected, if that's not heard, then you know as my said a moment ago, you're dealing with the one-sided dynamic. And any relationship, any relationship, I mean, the relationship yeah, with God takes us going to God. God is already doing and has done his part, but the relationship with God is a, a two-way relationship. So any other relationship that we have with any other person must be the same. So there goes, which I know, um, happens so many times in family members is this ideal of guilt. You know, this ideal of, oh, you know, other people in the family try to levy guilt toward yep. the one that chooses a different path, that chooses peace, yep. that chooses maybe to move away. And then all the guilt comes along with, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you're turning your back on your brother. I can't believe you're not talking to your sister. I can't believe you and your dad aren't this and what, you know. And so sometimes people, um, they decide to, for the sake of quote unquote family, they just decide to, well, I'm just going to go ahead and go along with everybody else. But, right. you know, but, but is that, because really, at the end of the day, it's not even helping the family member. It's 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 that oh. thing that you know we talk about about enabling. If you got that person in the family that, like you said, bullies everybody else in the family, and everybody else just allows that to happen, then you know it's like the Incredible Hulk. They just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and Ooh, they just keep on going with what they're doing, and they need a reality check. And I I think that's one thing that happened. When you and your dad had that conversation, I think the check was oh, yeah. was for him that he had gotten. He was so used to behaving in a certain way till when he was out in public on that occurrence, he he didn't even realize, you know, so to speak, that he was acting that way in public because he had become so comfortable bullying everybody else yeah. in the house. You know, he bullied me, he bullied y'all, and so it was just like, hey, this is just who I am, and that's the danger. And when you allow the enemy, because you're talking about choosing whether you're going to conduct yourself as people of God who walk in love and fruits of the spirit, or are you going to conduct yourselves as those who belong to Satan and the enemy? Not but two choices. Exactly. Not but two choices. 
Exactly. So you, yeah, we all. Right, so ooh, if you choose to just keep on, you keep on dabbling, and I'm just gonna be angry. I'm just gonna have my way. You know, you have people who say, well, "That's just the way I am." Okay, but ooh. when that does not become under the authority of the Spirit of Christ, when you choose to hold on to that part of the, see, we all have that. We all that have that part of our flesh that is. Uh, unrepentant is is very selfish and that is why we that's yeah. why we all have a need to come to Christ and repent that's that's what salvation is yeah. about it's about I'm going to take self off the throne and I'm going to humble myself and say I need the love of Christ to come into my heart so I can become what God has made me to become which is the image of his son but when we don't right. do that, when we just allow our flesh to go rampant, when we just allow our, you know, when we consider just the way I am, that's where my family is, when we go unchecked, when we don't humble ourselves, you know, he said, when you humble yourselves under the mighty hands of God, when we do not do that, then you're going to no doubt operate in a dysfunctional manner and there are going, you're going to cause people around you who, who may be your family members, may be your husband or your wife or your children, will not want to necessarily be around you. That's real. Ooh, that's so real because it's the idea of like balance as well. I think we all get into certain, we can all say that there are times in our lives where we need to be checked. Yes. Like me, I do my very best like and I do my very best to check myself doesn't mean I don't there's not times for me I do a lot of open like I do open invitation for people to check me like I'll be I'll go ask some people I'll go ask my mom go ask a friend okay what do you think about this what do you think I handled this the right way or I need to do this because that right there I think it cuts down so much it cuts a lot of problems out if you can do that and that's honestly like she said it is you do have to go to a place of being humble like I have gotten in such a pattern of doing that, that man, I've learned though that it always works in my favor to do that instead of assume that I'm right. Like assume that I'm coming in the right way. And, but, but you're right. I think that some of the best family dynamics is, it has to do with balance. And there are those times, like I love that, like there's several um, instances where some family members, like there's a show I watch and I love this, their family. I love the, how their family is because just like in our family, there's, there's some out of control family members. But the family members always, there's somebody to check that person and the person nine out of 10 times, they'll come around and they'll fix their, they'll fix their bad behavior. Like they'll fix it for the sake of being family, right. for the sake of, of peace, for the sake of, of regaining respect with the other family members and showing love because that's really where it is. So when somebody, you tell somebody, hey, you disrespected me. Hey, you did this to me. And they aren't doing certain things to show you that they're changing. Even after they've been checked, you have to make a decision right. on is this going to be what I continue to allow? Because people get away with, with what you let them get away with. Correct. It, it, it's, it's pretty much what happens. Like me, 
that's why I said I'm I'm in a season of my life where it's the first time in my life that I actually feel like I have real control over me. Like for a long time. It just but it really feels like I have control over my life. Who I who's in my life. What like because I just don't allow just anyone to be in my life now. But it took a journey. It was a journey for me to get there because there are people <laughs> Like that's like I said, there's family members, man, they will guilt you yes, just because on paper we're family. But again, I, I, there's certain seasons that I needed them and they weren't there. There's certain times I needed them to just validate me and that couldn't happen. There's times that I just needed respect, couldn't get it, needed love. And so when we talk about this idea of overcoming, a lot of it is you're either in one or two categories some people hey y'all got a good family dynamic god bless that's amazing that's really good but there's some people that they are the butt end of their family like they're always getting um talked bad about always getting manipulated and i'm gonna tell you this that idea of being manipulated control all that is witchcraft none of that come from the spirit of God. No, it does not. So in, inadvertently, none of that is love. That's not that's not real love. So for the fact that someone feels the need that they have to manipulate and control you to do to operate in their will shows that there's dysfunction. Correct. Because you have been given free will to do and live however you so please. Like God himself is not making you do anything. So this person doing these things to manipulate, control you, is showing a lack of a lot of things that healthy relationships need. And so a lot of it is, I say first, is identifying that and seeing are there unhealthy patterns in in your family dynamics that you're allowing or are you participating in? And then the second thing is choosing, is really choosing the path. Like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna be somebody that's gonna fix that? Are you going to, and if you're more like I was on the victim side where a lot of, I had a lot of older family members that were trying to manipulate and control me and dominate me, I had to, I would say, you're gonna have to make a choice. Like, you're gonna have to really make a choice either to choose you and 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 walk in peace and, and choose to even be by be away from that relationship or you're gonna be ever be fighting for them to change and there's no guarantee in that and you know what Maya I was I was thinking while you were talking I think sometimes we get stuck in the illusion of what we want or wish our family is as opposed to what it really is yes so yes I, I know what for me personally what hit like a brick wall was the death of your father because um, we discussed in a previous episode the thing about anyone in your family uh, dying is it's a, it's a finality it's such a pronounced finality to that relationship that it forces you to look at what the dynamics of the family really are that's one of those situations that you don't choose. But when someone dies and they are in your family, you are left with what? 
the relationship as it was before they passed. You're left with whatever memories, yeah. you know. So my point is, if there was a lot of dysfunctionality going on before they passed, that is the reality of what the family was. But sometimes yeah. we hang in there because we're, you know, hoping and wishing, you know, one day we're going to get this, you know, we're going to figure this out or one day they're going to stop doing this or one day it's going to be better. And the reality is people choose what they choose. They choose, they yep. choose to behave in a certain way. And like you said, if it's very much allowed, then that's pretty much what you, what you're, you know, what you're dealing with. And, and, yep. and I wanted to also talk about loving someone within your family and choosing to distance yourself from them is very, very possible. And at the same yes. time, the most important thing about that is where you are in your heart. Yes, it's, it's a heart issue, right? Because you can you can yeah. be you can be physically interact with the family members, still have some something in your heart. There's a lot of people who are interacting yeah. and have hate in their heart. And if it is better for you to distance yourself and have peace, so that you can walk in love. And your grandfather used to used to say all the time, and he would you know be up talking, and, and he would read a scripture talks about as much as possible, you know, live peaceably with all men and so then you would turn around and say sometimes that means you have to live a peace from them <laughs> and you know, no that's real laugh, but it was so true sometimes your p-e-a-c-e means you move a p-i-e-c-e away from them you have to distance yourself sometimes in order to have that peace with that family member as you did with your father before he passed it reshaped the dynamic and so I was thinking when he died, it just slapped us all in the face. I know, you know, it did me like this is this is it. This is this is what it was. This is just what it was. It was no better than what it was. It was very dysfunctional. There was uh, so many things that, you know, I was praying and hoping and praying and hoping and praying and hoping. But it was what it was. And, and so so when he passed, it just really brought to life all the other dynamics in the family that had operated so long um, that it became such a norm and so it kind of shook me it shook me to reality of that very thing okay that is what that was and i need to be more conscientious about the choices and the people and give yourself permission give yourself permission to ask the questions give yourself permission to have a seat at the table and a voice because we so often don't even utilize our voices because depending on the dynamic right. you know you're basically told you don't have a voice or your voice doesn't matter but you can have a voice and if people in the family believe your voice doesn't matter then that's permission from them to say, okay, well, <laughs> being that that's how you view that, I'm just going to choose to live my life this way. And as long as you don't harbor anything in your heart, and that's the main thing, you forgive and you can still love them. It doesn't mean you have to go around them all the time. It doesn't mean you have to always do everything they want you to do to love somebody in your family. 
it, it's that's, that's right. the thing. You know, if you love me, that's manipulation. If you love me, you this and this and this. If you love me, well, sometimes loving you is telling you the truth. <laughs> sometimes loving you Ooh. is saying we're going to take uh, a, a, this opportunity for you to spend your vacation, or we're coming to you know the, the Christmas season, and so. Sometimes love may look like, well, you know what, this year we're just going to stay at home. And and again, the litmus test is how do other family members respond? If they respond with respect and understanding, then you're moving toward a good place. But if it's always, yep. you know, I can't believe you're doing this and this don't make any sense and, and all of that goes on, then like you said, you have to question, you know, is it really worth it? Is it really worth is it really worth going through the chaos and the arguments and the lack of sleep and your blood pressure going up and losing peace just so you can say, you know, I'm sticking with my family though. Is it really Man, worth it? And look, I'ma tell you, I'ma tell y'all, and I feel this in my soul. Cause I was one of these people. Man, some of y'all spending years of y'all life trying to get approval yes. and change people that's never going to change. They're never going to change. And it's not because of you. It's because, baby, they've been like that before exactly. you. Exactly. Or even if they, uh, even if they your kids, some people are just not going to change. Because, again, that comes from a point. Yeah, that's a personal that's a point of choice. You have to, that person has to, uh, if that's one thing I've learned in this past 2021 year, People aren't gonna change just because you just because you are acting so good and you're doing everything you want they want them to do. No, you they will do what they're going to do. And so that's what it's all about putting in perspective. Like you gotta start getting perspective of like what is really happening here. If you got a family member and they're constantly like I'm calling it is what it is, they're constantly putting you in the dynamic of trying to manipulate and control you and throwing witchcraft attack that's what that is because you have to understand spiritually when you are in and we you know it's a spirit this is how you know it's a spirit behind it because there are these situations where because you don't feel the approval of certain family members you start instantly getting attacked with all these negative emotions by them They'll make it's the guilt. It's the it's the oh you're you don't love people. Oh, you're not doing all of that is toxic. All of that is not that's nothing of that is from God. And so it's constantly pushing you to to become un basically in an uncomfortable state. Now, sometimes it that's why I say it has to be a check. You gotta check yourself. Be like, okay, what or is there some validity to what they're saying? But if you know that this is their MO, this is their pattern, that's what happened with me. I started to see a pattern. I said, Oh, okay. It's not that I'm really doing anything. They're just pulling for grasping for strong to try to find somewhere where they can say that I'm doing something wrong so that they can gain some authority and control over Exactly. And when that, when I started to start, see, when I started seeing that for what it was, I said, no, I have to choose me. Like some of y'all have wasted years and decades of your lives trying to get the approval of people that should have gave it to you anyway. Like I've learned the people that truly love you, 
they are going to love you and dang you ain't like you don't have to do anything you can be as messed up as you want to be and prayerfully you get you know you know what i'm saying yeah, but right. it's an unconditional point of love that does not come with stipulations of being and doing um operating in the will of somebody else right, right. and part of that is really identifying that for yourself because I I mean and I'm telling you being manipulated by when your parent I think that's one of the biggest things people deal with because your parent every child has a has a genuine want and need to be be loved and accepted by their right. parent that is just in their heart it's in our hearts to want that so what happens is a lot of the times we're thinking that the the manipulative parent the parent that operates in dysfunction they realize that there's a point where i realize wait a minute they know the person knows what they're doing so then it becomes it, it just shifts the mindset of me like no there's a point they they get to know they're doing this on purpose and they know what to say or what to do to get you to do what they want you to do. that's correct and that right there is so <laughs> it's so malicious to me and there's no love there and that's not what i would consider family because again how is that moving in a unit if for for instance if it's best for me to move to be able to grow in my environment and then i have a family member that's trying to manipulate me and say oh well you must not love me to you must not care about the family or love the family because you're making this selfish decision. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> How in the world does that have to mean that I don't love the, the family? Right. right. It's stuff like that. And a lot of people deal with it. And so it's now, it's it's coming to a place of, of, of real perspective, a realization. And what you have to do is make a choice. You have to make a choice. And for me, I can say with me, I live in peace. And I've chosen to not talk to certain family members, and to, but I still love them. I pray for them, think about them often. But some people, because they are set in their ways, they have verbally, on many occasions, made it very clear, oh, they're going to be who they're going to be. They're not changing. Then I have to make a choice. Am I going to just continuously be in this pattern? and allow myself to be in a situation where I'm highly, it's highly likely that I'm going to be manipulated or am I going to choose my peace so I can continuously do what God has for me to do. And that's what some of y'all got to do. And, and it's really, I know it's hard because like mom said, like we're in the holiday season. And so, you know, there's all this pressure to do certain things. And again, every child wants that validation from their parents. But again, if you have to, if that you have to get that validation under after being manipulated or fall into somebody else's will, then I'm gonna tell you flat out, that's not love. And it doesn't matter what you do, it's not gonna even equate to the love that you deserve or what you're looking for because they're it's not what they're that's giving. That's good. They're and, and, and you gotta and, and I know it hurts because it hurt me when I realized, wait a minute, highly likely that my own parent doesn't love me. And one of the situ one of the conversations that happened was with my dad during that that family vacation was it was a question I said 
is this the best that you can do? Like, this is the best that you can be? And when he's in his, in his, when I looked him in his eyes and he said, yeah, I mean, I, how, what else would I do? Like, this is all I can do. I really, it hit me like a ton of bricks that this is how they, they don't understand love. They don't know how to love. They don't even have a picture of that. They don't even, so they don't have any real love to give to you because they never even got it themselves. Right, that's right. And it hit me very hard and it was so hurtful. That's why, honestly, that's why I, I do my best and I'm thankful that I don't have children because I haven't, because I needed to get to this place of a place of healing that I can even give real love to my children to come because there's a lot of people that they have kids that they, they never got any type of real love and, and only God can give That's you that. right. And so if you don't know how to love, like a lot of people you're asking, you're, a lot of a lot of y'all are looking for things from people that they don't even have to give. And that's not up and that's not your responsibility to make them learn or go get it. So that's like going to a store, right? That's like going to a grocery store, um, looking for, honestly, you looking for a car and the grocery store is just looking at you, baby. All I got is gross. All I got is eggs, milk, <laughs> right. uh, bread. I don't have anything else. And you wanted that grocery store to be a car lot and baby, you know, that's all they have to give you. So it's not your responsibility to try to make the grocery store go get, become a car lot. You have to shop around to somewhere else. Right. And there are people that I believe, that's why I say God, he places us in families. Like he says in his word, like he, he places um, the, the lonely, those that are without in families. That God knows the, the inherent need for us um, to feel human connection and to be validated and loved and, and have a support system. And I'm gonna tell y'all like flat out, God has done that for me. I'm thankful that I they are half of that. Most of that is definitely my blood relatives, but there are definitely some people that I'm I'm not related to at all in my blood. And they are definitely family to me because they show up and validate me. They pour into me and I pour into them and it's and we move as a unit um together. And so it's it's really coming to terms with that. I know that when my dad passed, it was hard for me because I wanted him to be more than what he was. But that conversation needed to happen because it made, it brought me to a place of a realization that this is, this is not gonna get any, this is it. This is all I'm ever gonna get. So this was three years before he passed. I had already started coming to terms like, this is the best my dad is gonna get. Now, thankfully, when I end up moving back, um, moving back home, me, me and my dad actually got to, we were at a peaceful place. It was never at a place that I wish. I wish we were at, um, like, I just wish he was better. I wish that he had the love that I wanted. But I thank God that God gave me that. And Christ, when I tell you, God... He, he's so much bigger than anybody else on this earth. And Christ, the love of Christ does so much more 
than anybody else can do for you and I mean anybody that it just God's love filled all that emptiness all those voids in my life and that's what a lot of y'all y'all are operating with a lot of voids but it was making it worse is that you're looking again you're looking at it from you're looking to fill those voids from people that can't even do anything for you and I've come to terms with you know a lot of people a lot of people that don't that didn't have good relations with their dad or some people that didn't even know their dad or their mom there's always this question you know why why can't they be who I need them to be why can't they be a parent why couldn't they be there in my life what was wrong with me and, and it's you know honestly it has nothing to do with you it's them they have they don't have anything to give you so a lot of times I honestly think God allows some people to not be in your life like because all it does is further create a bigger um, space for the spirit of rejection to operate in your life where you feel even more rejected. Because the more I hung around my dad in some situations, I felt even more rejected. Um, in some situations, some space, family spaces, I felt even more alone because I knew that they, because they, they never could give me what I needed. And so some of y'all is really, it would help you spiritually. It will help you emotionally. It would just really help your soul to come to terms with it and stop asking for people to give you something they don't have because right. then you can heal because you can't, that's why I said, going to a grocery store, looking for a car, There, there's literally nothing they can do. Those people, when they decided to conceive you as, as children, Yes, that comes with being a parent has a responsibility. They should have been able to give you the right love. They should have been able to raise you right. They should have protected you. But that's something that they're going to have to answer to the God, the judgment. But that has nothing to do with you. That has absolutely nothing to do with you. And it does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Right. And, it, and But it's hard. So that's why I say it is the overcoming part is coming to these levels of realizations. Like, those people can't be changed by you. That's right. That's right. Only God can change them. That's right. And only God can change them if you, if they want to be changed. That's correct. I mean, I'm sure. telling y'all right now, there's some people I done fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed over, and they are just as dysfunctional and operating in <laughs> every kind of evil type spirit. And it ain't because of me. It's because they are, they don't want to change. They don't want to be better. So you can't, because again, God's not going to force anybody's will. God's not going to force anybody to be something they're not. No, he does not. not do it. So you have to just come to terms like this person chooses this. They choose this. So it, it's painful to a certain extent to say, man, I wish, because I know that was one thing for me. I said, man, wh why am I not enough? So that's what happened to me and my dad. Like when my dad... With me and him, it, it really hit. Like, I was like, why am I not enough? Why are we, his family, not enough for him to want to change? And right. that's one of those things that I really was so angry about. And I was really hurt because I was just like, I'm way, I was like, I'm half my dad's age. I'm like, I even, I've done that. Like, I got to a point where I could change because I wanted to be the best I could for my family and my loved ones. 
and it just was all it was just all striking to me like this man it wasn't enough but it had nothing to do with us right he it's a it's a journey like he needed to he had to look at himself and he had to want to come to a decision of him of wanting to change and be better but you can't do that just staying around people that are dysfunctional it's not gonna happen and all Psalm, it's gonna do is hurt you right and psalms 27 and 10 tells us when my father and my mother forsake me then the lord will take me up that's and that's and that's exactly um, what's so good about what you said a moment ago because god is the only one that can bring healing to anyone that has or is suffering from the effects of being in a dysfunctional family god is yes. the one that can heal and and that's why we do this talk because every time we do a talk together it always starts with overcoming because that is yes. what we want all of you to know it's not just let's talk about how dysfunctional our families are and leave it at that it's no we recognize and that's why we're also saying let's have these talks let's come to terms with what it is and not so much just what you want it to be because being able to look at it for what it is will then allow you the opportunity to take that pain and take that burden and take all of those disappointments it's just a huge disappointment when yep. you realize what you wished and what you thought and what you fasted and what you prayed for will not happen it will Ooh. not happen and so, but you cannot move forward holding on to something that is not real and that's, that's the right. whole thing you know it's it's you know you're looking you're looking at an illusion and you're looking at something that that you're constantly reaching for but you're never going to be able to have it in your hand and so right. god is, you know god is saying but i am here you know i, I can't guarantee and that's the thing i can't can't guarantee that this person will ever do a b c or d but I can guarantee you that I will always do what I say I would do because God is not a man that he should lie. And he showed us the most, the most extent of his love is he gave us his only son. He sacrificed yes, his son. Yes. His son. He sacrificed his son for us and said, I love you enough to, to give you my son so that whatever it is that you are going to experience in this life, that is going to cause pain because in, in this world we shall have trouble but he sent his son so that in him we can have peace and Look. that's why we talk about overcoming because you can get past the pain of dysfunctionality in a family only with the help of God and only if you see it for what it is and then begin to move forward Look, I love that and I, I'm going to say this I'm going to tell y'all this and this is a challenge. I challenge y'all to really give the love of God, of Christ, a chance. Because this is what happened with me. When I started realizing the standard, when I started realizing, okay, what real love is, what real care, compassion, what real family is, I didn't want nothing less. I, I didn't want anything less. I wouldn't, ex I don't accept anything less now. Like, I was just like, no, I, I, I'm I'm not, I can't do it. Because that, then it became a place where I could operate in self-love as well. Some of y'all are operating in pure, y'all have, y'all have turned somebody's inability to love you into self-hatred. And I'm gonna tell you, that's what killed my dad. That's what it was. That's that right there. That's what killed him. 
he took what somebody inability to love him and internalized that into self-hatred and it killed him and i'm telling y'all that is not what that's not even worth doing and that My is dad, not and that's it's not, not even worth God. And that's not that's the that's God. exactly not what that's not the will of God. That that is you know the enemy comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. It is not the will of God and any any should perish. But again, it's it's a choice to reach out to him and as you said, my to give him an opportunity to give him a chance. Give him a chance. Give, give him, him a chance. chance. Give him I could feel it. I could feel it. Like when I, some of y'all might have been, that's what I say. I get it. Because I, me growing up, the dad I grew up with, it really messed up my view of Christ, of God. I was just like, I always felt like yeah. three, you know, I always felt like a million steps away from God. And God, the thing about him is that he never leaves us. We always have left him. So when I started connecting with, wait a minute, God is here. I'm his child. He does love me. Then it put the ball back in my court. What do I really want? Do I really do want? Do I really want to be loved? Okay, then let me give this a chance. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you from me. Talk about a testimony. Christ gave me, like, the realization happened. I remember this so clear. Me and one of my best friends, we had a Bible study together. And it was about the idea of God being a father. Just the first time in my life that I felt the love of a father. And it was this feeling that I am completely secure and that no matter how undone I am, how ugly I am, how sad I am, how imperfect I am, that I'm accepted. And not only am I accepted, he's not over here looking at me waiting for me to get to a place of perfection to be in his presence no he sees me for what who he made me to be first and foremost and he's there washing me christ is there cleaning me up so i was a hot mess and but he's not so that's how you know love too i'm always like look if you love somebody it's not about pointing out their problem be a solution that's Help right. Help them be there. Right. And that's how Christ is. Christ is like, girl, I know, I already know what it is, but I'm sitting here. I'm trying to wash you open. Look, lift your arm up. Let me get that armpit. <laughs> Move up here. Turn around. Let me get that. <laughs> and that's what it is. And that pure love. And so, again, it makes you be like, man, I don't want nothing less. Yes. And people, people will try to force feed you crap love. Like, it is what it is. And they'll tell you, and that's part of manipulation too, the devil is crafty. And a lot of our family members, I hate to say it, man, they, they straight up work for the enemy, straight up. Because, and that was with me. I always just got sick of this idea of, oh yeah, I, I love you though. No, I do right. love you. Right. But I, oh, I do love you, but I ain't gonna be there for you. <laughs> oh, I do love you, but uh, you know, you, right. gotta be, you gotta be perfect. Oh, I do love you, but ah you know that's not gonna work you gotta do everything i want you to do i know it's that's not what it is and so when i start feeling and understanding like god lays out a certain order 
It's not to be all these rules and stuff. It's just like a real parent. Like parents about protecting, real parents about protecting their kids. So there are just universal laws that are at play no matter what. In Christ's law, God is all about trying to help us not get hurt. Just like any real parent, you just trying to protect your kids. That's the whole purpose of it. It's like, I'm just trying to make sure you don't get hurt. A lot of us don't understand that we keep rebelling against God and thinking that, oh, well, that's just because I can do what I want, right? Then he should love me. It ain't got nothing to do with love. You cursing yourself. Right. He's trying to keep us in a state where we can constantly be blessed, where we can constantly be um, growing and activating in our gifts and moving in in the world and dominating um, for the kingdom of Christ. But when when we're constantly putting ourselves down and allowing ourselves to be less and to and get less because that's what that's what shifted for me like i just started to see things for what it is i'm like that's not love i don't want it i don't need it people <laughs> try to make you want it they'll try to sweeten it up they'll try to put some <laughs> put a bow on it put some sprinkles on it a whipped cream or something and i'll be like man I, and I don't expect demand perfection, but I just know what is not love. And so don't give that to me and try to tell me that's what it is. Right. Force feed it and then tell me that there's something wrong with me if I don't want it. No, something's wrong with you because you don't know how to give it. Right. And that's because you have not connected to the source of love. And so that really had, and so that's really what it is. And so. It's really a lot of, and I can feel, ooh, I can really feel what we're going to pray about because a lot of people are operating in this spirit of rejection. Yes. And the spirit of reject. let me tell you something about the spirit of rejection. It is yes. a liar. The spirit of rejection holds people captive to think that they're the reason why they can't, people in their family aren't doing better. They're the reason they feel as if the spirit of rejection is all about making you feel as if like putting you in situations where you see that somebody, you see that somebody can't give you love, but put you in a situation to be further rejected by the person. That's how the spirit of rejection works. But I'm going to tell you this. There's a beautiful thing about it. When I tell you that everything, (laughs) everything that the devil tries to use against us God can turn for the good the spirit spirit of rejection that a lot of us get when our parents or our our family rejects us they don't give us the love that we deserve it's actually a secret doorway um it's really a secret door to Christ because Christ himself was rejected I mean it's it's actually very hilarious in a lot of ways because the devil always thinks he's doing something He always thinks he's doing something, not knowing that that's further putting us in situations where now we can understand, we can relate to Christ because Christ was rejected. He was the same way. That's why I I quoted that scripture from Matthew and this because he he was, when he was going through his ministry, his own, it said his his own received him not. That's correct. His family received him not. His his hometown received him. Not some of y'all communities receive y'all. Don't receive y'all. Correct. That's Don't right. matter how great y'all, great amazing things y'all do, they're not gonna happen. 
But they said that it said in John, first John chapter one verses twelve through fourteen. It says that the sons that we would be called the sons of God, we be made to look like Christ. Understanding that part of looking like Christ is that we have been rejected. Like, and, and that's honestly that's what I said. That's the funny thing that honestly puts you in a category, a special category. If you've dealt with that. Where you've been, where you have been rejected by your family, or you don't, you feel like you're not getting that love that you should have gotten, where you can automatically understand that you are now becoming, you're, you're walking in that picture of Christ. Like when God sees you, He sees like, wait a minute, you've been rejected like my other son. Yes, indeed. Now I can do something for you. I can fix that. But I see that and I know just knowing Christ is looking at you I've been there I've done that and I've overcome this world that's the amazing thing where I've done it we've all a lot of us have dealt with it but don't choose today to give Christ a chance give God a chance to show you what real love is and stop taking this crap from whoever it is I don't care family friends significant no the dysfunction we it has to stop I'm tired of it I, I'm, I don't care. I had to cut, man, I got to cut off my own, my own dad, I had to cut off my own grandparents. I had to cut off a whole side of my family. And that's not, that's not something I'm happy about, but it had to do, it had to happen. But I'm thankful that God, he still comes up and fix it. Like he gives me that back in other ways. Yes. Yes, he does. He yes. gives me back that in other ways. Amen. What are you gonna say, Mom? No, I just said yes. I agree with you, a hundred percent. Ooh, I, I'm thankful because you know it. T- it took a lot of realization to understand, you know, that things in our lives. I honestly believe God allows us to go through certain things for us to be able to have do what we're doing now to have the testimony of overcoming these things. That's right. That's exactly we, right. Like I'm able to say, I hey, I went to this. I literally, when I say literally, do not even talk to an entire side of my family bloodline. I had to do it, but they constantly show me over and over again. They don't have any love. They don't have any positivity to give me. So I've had to make a personal choice, but I chose God along with that. And that has been the best decision for me. I'm growing, I'm thriving. I'm not getting down by all this nonsense and being put in situations where I'm feeling, um, no, I'm just feeling so, so judged. Yeah. So judged. So, so put out like, (laughs) so, yeah, put down and just so un, just ever, just so undone to a point of I can't even be, I can't even love myself. Right. And that's really what it, a lot of that was. And so there's there's healing right now. I can feel like there's a lot of healing that was is going to take place um, when we pray. I can feel it. Um, and if anybody wants to come to the stage and say some words or ask a question, definitely the floor is open. Uh, we're getting ready to crowd because I, I'm telling you, dealing with dysfunctional family, y'all, that's been that's been my whole life. 
my my little start 26 years of living that's been it but it's but i'm thankful to say okay now i'm on a i'm at another place that i can feel you know i feel empowered that hey there's nothing wrong with me those people missed out those people and it's and i look for me i'm always open for second chance but you got to be real you got don't come to me with with the with the games. I'm with the I don't game. do that. No, nah, we over that. Some of y'all the husband. Some of y'all y'all need to stop letting people play y'all. Stop stop letting people play y'all. Some family members, I'm telling you, crafty. They know they know exactly what how to talk to what to say to you to make you feel like you doing they doing something and and I'm telling you, it, it hurts when you get that realization that they only did certain things to manipulate you, but it's better you get that lesson now than you spend decades of your life doing this and maybe even showing your lifespan. And I'm telling you this because that's what killed my dad. I know it is. Yes, it is. And he became the problem as well. Because just imagine you spend your whole life trying to get validated and get loved by people that can't even love you. And what that does, all it is is breeding that spirit of rejection to the point that here you are, you are operating full on in a negative demonic um, pattern because you now become, that's what happens. You now, because that spirit of rejection is so fed, now all you can do is reject people. Right. That's what it is. So it puts you in a position, because I know, oh, I know people right now, just like that. I've seen it happen. All that happened was their mom, their dad rejected them one too many times. Now, oh, wait, you know what? I'm going to be, without them even making a conscious decision, now they start rejecting people. And And now they start putting, they start because they feel like that's power. And that's how that, that generational curse start breeding up right there. Right. That's how it started happening. Because they now, they feel like, oh, well, look, my mama, my dad didn't love me like that. They didn't do this. So I, I got to do the same way. Wrong. So it's breaking this pattern, breaking this cycle that, that, that that's functional. No, it's not. It's a mess. It's a circus. Let's call it for what it is. And know that you don't have to be, you don't have to be a part of the next generation of dysfunction. You don't. And, and you can have the power to to choose better because that's what I had to do I, 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 I did never it never was from a place of maliciousness I just always wanted to be at peace I just wanted peace and I'm thankful that I did I chose that because whoo ain't the Lord no ain't no telling what where I could be but that's right I just know me looking at what happened to my dad, it was just a lesson. That was a lesson that I gleaned. I said, and that's what really killed him. That it, it was an issue of the heart of being rejected. Right. And knowing, but knowing that God's love is nothing but a moment of, of, of realization away. Like, man, that, it's life changing. It's, it's life changing. Yes, it is. Um, do you have anything else to say before we I, ready to close? No, I, I've enjoyed this talk, and I'm glad that we did this talk tonight. And uh, 
just already praying for anyone that's listening that needs healing from our Heavenly Father so that they can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are loved and fearfully and wonderfully made. Ooh, I'm feeling it. So, we just want to thank y'all for listening tonight. Uh, we're going to get ready to pray out. I'm thankful because right now, somebody is going to get set free. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord. Jesus. Ooh, Father God, we just, we thank you and praise you right now for allowing us to come together. We bind and break the spirit of rejection over the, all those listening to the sound of my voice. For Lord, you said that you have chosen us so